Hallelujah. Have you ever been in a situation or you might be in one right now that you don't know what's going to happen? But the only thing you know is that there is a God. You don't know which way it's going to turn out, but you know that God has already worked it out. And that's a thanks that's on the inside that should radiate on the outside. You're not waiting to hear it is well. You already know it is well. Because you heard from Abba Father. And this is why we're supposed to spend so much time with him. That no matter what comes our way. No matter what man say. No matter what it looked like. And most of all, no matter what it feels like. You know that God has already worked it out for you. And that's enough to give him praise. You don't wait until it has happened. You praise him while you're in the midst of what's happening. And when you begin to do that, you feel that freedom. You feel that life of God that's carrying you through your storm. Amen. Because God is just that good. Look at your neighbor and say, God is good. Say, God is good. Say, do you know how good he is? Say, if you know how good God is, come on and give him some glory. Hallelujah. 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 Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Glory God. God, we just thank you on today. We magnify your name. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your loving kindness. God, with your loving kindness, God, you have drawn us unto you. So we just want to say thank you, God. We just want to praise your name, God. We want to exalt you. For God, if it wasn't for you, God, we wouldn't be here today. So you deserve the glory. You deserve the honor. And you deserve all the praise. So, Father God, we thank you that you're in the midst of us today. That your presence is here to do a work amongst your people. So we thank you, God, and we give you permission, God, to do what you want to do. Say what you want to say unto us, God. We move out of the way, God, because it's no longer us who live, but it's Christ who live in us. We've been crucified, God, and we thank you, God, that we have been crucified and it's no longer us who live, but it's Christ who lives in us. So, Father, right now in the name of Jesus, through the authority that you have given unto me, I bind, God, every principality, every spirit of wickedness in high places, every spirit of darkness that have come to hinder, that have come to harass, that has come to oppose. I bind them right now in the name of Jesus. And I speak that the blood of Jesus is against you right now in the name of Jesus. The spirit of witchcraft have been broken right now in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you that our mind... We have the mind of Christ on today. Let this mind be in us, which was also in Christ Jesus. And I bind confusion right now. In the name of Jesus, confusion, I command you to go. And I loose the peace of God right now. 
In the name of Jesus. God, we thank you. We honor you. We magnify you. And we thank you that it's already done. In Jesus' name. For the past few weeks, we have been teaching on why we are not living according to the word of God. And we're going to continue to teach on that because God has a lot to say. Amen. Amen. And I'm going today to Romans, the sixth chapter. Let's just hear what God has to say. And Romans, the sixth chapter. And this is Paul speaking to the Romans. And when you get there, say amen. Amen. In Romans, the sixth chapter, verse one. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? I'm going to say those first two verses again. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? What God want me to talk about on this morning is being dead to sin. You can be seated. When we don't know who we are. Now that we're in Christ, we go through some situations in our lives that we don't have to go through. The first thing that we have to know, and this is a a daily walk with us, we have to know who we are in Christ. And this is Paul. First of all, he was talking to the Romans, but I'm going to take you back from Romans, the first chapter on up to this chapter to chapter six. Paul in the first chapter, he was talking about. Um, how um, they changed um, from God and they start serving other gods and they start doing things that they should not do. He was talking about homosexuality and he began to say how they knew God. They had an intuitive knowledge of God, but they still chose to do what they did. So this is what I'm saying. Even a sinner knows what's right and what's wrong. Everybody has a choice and have a right to choose. And then it, even the atheists, atheists know that there is a God through his creation. So they can't say that there is no God. Nobody can say that there is no God. So don't let nobody tell you that there is no God. That Elohim does not exist. Because when you look at all of creation, you know that he exists. And even a sinner knows within his heart that there is a God because you have an intuitive knowledge of right and wrong. But then Paul went on to talk to the Jews and he was talking to the Gentiles and he was letting them know that the Jews, they received the commandments of God. So they knew what those commands were, but they still chose to live the way they were living. They couldn't even keep those commands. Then you have the Gentiles, which they consider as an unbeliever, as a heathen. They had them in their heart. So both of them could not keep the laws of God. So the reason why I'm going up and through this is to let you know, even though that you're born again, even though that you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the reason why for accepting him, because you couldn't keep all of those laws yourself. You couldn't keep those standards. Everybody in this place could not line up to the place that God want us to be in. So God had to send his son. And this is what Paul is talking about. We can't even save folks or trying to single people out. You're trying to act more holy than someone else. 
Just because somebody got a problem in this area and you don't, you in the same boat, baby. Now I'm going to say this. We get so high in Sididi, uh, trying to act like we above God, but I'm going to take you back to where you were. The place that you were in, you couldn't even save yourself. This is what Paul was preaching to the Gentiles and also preaching to the Jews. They couldn't save themselves. There was none righteous. There was none that did good. There was none that understood. So all of them were in the same boat. All of them needed to be justified by faith. They needed to grab hold to what Jesus done on their behalf. They couldn't save themselves. So if you miss one law, break one, you broke them all. So I want you to grab hold to this today to understand where you were and where you are now. None of us could keep God's standards. None of us could, um, you know, stand before the presence of God, not unless we have Jesus Christ. So God took me back again. We're going to go back. We're going to go on another journey. Right back to the Garden of Eden. And the reason why I go back to the beginning, because we need to be reminded on a daily basis on what God done on our behalf. It was not anything that we done. It was what he done on our behalf. When you go back to the Garden of Eden, God set up everything the way he wanted it to be set. And he's such a loving God. He didn't just put Adam and Eve in a place without anything. He made everything the way he wanted it to be. And then he placed man in that garden. Man was free of sin. Man was free of sickness. Everything that man needed was right there in that garden. They had the spirit of God. They had the life of God on the inside of them. Their spirit, their soul, and their body was free. Everything was connected. Everything lined up with God. Now, we know that the enemy came into that garden and the enemy tempted them. What did he tempt them by? He tempted them by something that God told them not to eat from, that tree of knowledge and good and evil. All of us in this place, as long as we are here on this earth, you are going to be tempted. This is why we have to submit God and submit to God and resist the devil. You cannot say that you are not tempted by certain things. Yes, you are. They were in paradise and it was just a tree, y'all, a tree, just a tree. And they were tempted by that tree. God said, do not eat from that tree of knowledge of good and evil, because surely as you eat from that tree, he said, you will die. That was a promise from God. So what did God do? God said, I'm, I'm going to give you a choice. I'm going to give you the right to choose. What did they choose? Eve chose that tree. How did she choose that tree? With the help of Satan. Satan knew what they should not be doing. So Satan wanted to rule and he wanted to reign over the earth. He got through out of heaven. He said, the only way I can take dominion is take it from man because God is not going to give it to me. So he came into that garden. He twisted the word of God by twisting the word of God. He was trying to get them to doubt what God was saying. And right now in your mind, while you're sitting there, the enemy done twisted something. Even before I started the word of God, your mind is all over everywhere. It's in outer space. Come on and bring it back in. Because if you don't and the enemy get grab hold to your mind, he's going to take you places that you don't, don't need to be. So we see how he tempted Eve. Eve ate from the tree she gave Adam. He partook of that tree. And guess what? Sin entered 
into the world by one man, sin entered into the world. And what came through sin? Death came through sin through that one man because he ate of that tree. He was spiritually dead. He didn't know no evil. The only thing he knew was good, but he began to um, see that evil that was around him. He saw that he was naked. He had fear. He was being rejected. He hid from God. How many of us hide from God? We do it. How do we do it? Because when we do things that we don't supposed to be doing, we think we're hiding from God, but you're taking God with you. So what we have to understand is Jesus came in on the scene because God knew you can't save yourself. This world is so full of sin that they don't even know that they're sinning. They're thinking that they're doing a good service to God because they come to church, because they pay their tithes, because they sing on the choir. They think that they're okay, but their heart is far from God. Because this is what happened when God sent Jesus on the scene, and I'm just going to forward it. He sent him on the scene. God said, the only way that you can stand before me, the only way you can have fellowship with me, because sin separated you from me. Fellowship means to have communion, to have partnership with God, to be able to be in God's presence. So God said, I want you back into my presence. I want to speak with you. I want you to have everything that I have prepared for you. And the only way that this could happen, he who knew no sin, God made to be sin for us so we can become the righteousness of God through him. You cannot become right in the presence of God without accepting Jesus. You can't even get to the Father without accepting Jesus. So we had to accept Jesus. We couldn't justify ourselves. Justified mean that we could not be acquitted for all of our sins. We couldn't be made righteous. We couldn't stand in the presence of God. So God said, you need a savior. And the only way that you know that you need a savior, I had to give you those commandments because you act like you were just going to live any kind of way. That's how they were living. Any kind of way. They thought they were living the life they needed to live. But when God brought those commandments to them, those commandments, uh, knowledge, sin, it let them know that there was sin in their lives. So each time that they did something, that nature that was in them, it come alive and it drove them to do some things. Those commandments come alive and that's how they knew that they were a sinner and that's how they knew that they could not keep all of God's law. Why am I saying all of this? Because some of us today that are born again is still living under the law and don't know it. Let me tell you how you live it under the law. First of all, you have to know that you are dead to sin. That old nature that was in you, that compelled you, that drove you to sin. When God said, thou shall not, that nature that was in there, that was driving you, revived. It brought life to what God said not to do. So it was driving you, it was compelling you, and the things that you did not want to do, you did them. You knew not to do them, but you were compelled, you were drove to do those things. God said, I have to get rid of that old nature. The only way I can get rid of that old nature is through my son because he who knew no sin was made sin for us so we can become the righteousness of God so he said I'm gonna lay every sin I want y'all to hear this I'm gonna lay the sin of the whole world upon my son 
This is why when the Bible speaks of he was so martyred that you could not recognize him. It was not due to his beatings. It was due to all the sin that he took upon himself. The sin of the whole world, even sins that you wouldn't even think about committing. Jesus took them all upon himself. Why? He had to die so we could live. If Jesus didn't die, we wouldn't live, y'all. So God is saying, I had to put all this on my son because he didn't know sin. Sin was nowhere in him. He lived a sinless life. But understand what Jesus had to do. He had to come to this earth. He had to walk as a mere man. So don't you ever say, God, you don't understand. Some of us will tell God he don't understand and he's God. God, don't you see what I'm going through? God said, I don't walk the earth. I know what you're going through. I know what you've been through. And I know what you are going to go through. He said, because I'm God, I walk the earth. I had to come as a mere man. I had to come in the flesh. I had to experience everything that you're experiencing now. And he said, but guess what? All of these things, I took them upon myself. He said, I walked the earth to show you that the way I live through the Holy Spirit is the way you can live through the Holy Spirit. God said, if you just would trust me and not you. He said, I didn't just walk the earth. For you to see these miracles happen. He said, I went through everything that you would go through on the earth. Jesus went through it. He went through the hate. He went through the ridicule. He went through the gossip. He went through the lies. He went through the persecution. He went through suffering. Jesus said, I went through it all. Nothing you going through now, I haven't already been through. So why do we complain to him like he don't know? He said, that's why you have my grace. That's why you have my mercy. He said, because goodness is going to follow you all the days of your life. Come on, look at Paul. When Paul was going through, he had a thorn in his flesh. That was no sickness because God said, he said, take this thorn away from me. But God said, what did he say? My strength is made perfect in your weakness. My grace is what? Sufficient for you, Paul. You have everything you need, Paul, to go through what you're going through. So he asked him three times, God, take this from me. But God knew that Paul had what he needed to go through what he was going through. So why did Paul put it there? So when we feel like we're buffeted by Satan. When Satan is coming at us with everything he can come with us with, that's when that scripture, it comes up out of us and say, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. It helps you to go through what you're going through. You're not by yourself. So Jesus, he went through all of this stuff. Jesus knew that he had to die and he knew that he did not deserve to die. So he said, Father, not my will. But let your will be done. If it is your will, let this cup pass from me. But Jesus was ready to die on our behalf. Do you know that Jesus, when he died, he took on that sin. I'm going back here for a reason. He took on all your sins. He took those to the cross with him. All the sin that you would ever think about, it was upon Jesus. But guess what? Jesus had to take the sin. He had to be buried. But if he never rose again, we would never be justified. Because he had to do all that 
so the father would see him suffering on our behalf so the father would knew that the perfect lamb was dying for the sins of the whole world the sin had to be put on Jesus that's why Jesus said father why have you forsaken me he forsaken Jesus so we can be in the presence of the father he didn't forsake us that's why he said I'll never leave you nor shall I forsake you. Why? He said, because sin has been done away with. I want y'all to catch this. Your sin has been done away with. But that's in the spirit. See, your spirit has everything that it need. The devil cannot touch your spirit. He's after your soul. But the Bible tells us that we're dead to sin. Meaning that when Jesus died, we died with him. When Jesus rose, we rose with him in a newness of life. What is the problem, y'all? Why are we still living like we're dead? The reason why we're living like we're dead, because we still don't know who we are. We still don't know what we have now that we're in Jesus. Everything that we have comes from him. Get over you. You cannot produce anything. It comes from the father. He's on the inside of you. Let me tell you something. When God gave us Jesus and he said, when you accept my son, it is no longer you that live. Understand this. It ain't about you no more. It ain't about what you do, how you do it, when you're going to do it. I don't care how long you pray. I don't care how long you fast. I don't care how, you know, you coming in and out of church, you paying your tithes. That ain't going to get you what God has already provided for you. He's already provided that for you. So if you're trying to do something to get something from God, you're living up under the law. Your works are not going to get you into heaven. So we as born again Christians, in order to live according to the word, we have to live according to the way Jesus lived. It ain't based on us. We got to have faith in him. This is why God knew y'all, even from this pulpit. God say, you're going to fail. You're going to do something that you shouldn't do. He said, that's why when it do happen, I don't want you to depend on you to bring you out. I want you to depend on what my son already done to bring you out. Because if you depend on you to get it out, to to, um, live that out, you're going to live in condemnation. There is no condemnation in him, y'all. So everybody in here will fall short. Don't think that you won't. Don't think you won't be tempted in your mind. Don't think that just because nobody don't see you outwardly doing something that you shouldn't do is happening inwardly. God said, I done forgave the inward part because you can't do it yourself. He said, you got to depend on my son. For by grace you're saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. So each time that you fall short, this is what you do. I'm going to tell you the truth. We have fell short so much. The the thing that we do, Lord, forgive me. Lord, if I got any past, if I done anything that I'm not even aware of, forgive me. Scratch that. And go back to what Jesus already done for you. Say, Father, I have fallen short. But because of the blood of Jesus, I have already been forgiven. You can't be sin conscious. You got to be grace conscious. This is what the the enemy is holding on to uh, sin. He want us to be reminded of our sins. He don't want us to be reminded of what grace done. 
The more you're reminded of your sin, you're not going to live that life that God has already provided for you in Jesus Christ. Am I giving you a license to sin? No. I'm telling you, sin has been done away with. So why are you spending your time on, woe is me, I am unworthy, I'm undone. No, you're not. Through Jesus, you're not unworthy, you're not undone. You're worthy, you're holy. You're justified, you're sanctified, you're redeemed, you have been reconciled unto him. So God is saying, take your mind off of sin and put your mind on what God has done for you. Yes, you've done something. Yes, you said something you shouldn't have said or done. But God said, take the word of God. Go in the word and renew your mind to who you are now that you in him. And that condemnation won't come at you like it's coming at you. The reason why you feeling condemned is because you're trying to fix something Jesus already fixed. He knew that we cannot keep his laws, y'all. In the spirit, we're perfected. We have everything. The enemy can't touch your spirit. But what is he after? He's after your soul. This is a part of you that have to be renewed on a daily basis. And the more you renew your mind, you connect to the spirit and the body end up following the spirit. And not the soul. It is not about your mind, your will, and your emotions. It's about what the Spirit has done for you. And when you know what the Spirit has done for you, guess what? Your body is going to follow. So Paul was letting them know, you are dead to sin. And if you are dead to sin, why are you continually living in sin? Because you don't know that you're dead to sin. You got to know that sin died. That old nature died and a new nature which comes from God is on the inside of you. And that new nature don't want to sin. I want y'all to catch this. People that keep on sinning and keep on sinning, there are two reasons. One, they ain't truly born again. Two, they have not realized that they have a new nature on the inside of them. And when you know about the new nature that's on the inside of you, you will turn away from what you're doing. Nobody, I don't even have to tell you because everybody in this room know what's right and know what's wrong. When God took me back to Abraham, y'all know Abraham left everything because he trusted God. But Abraham messed up when he trusted God, did he not? But that still didn't change what God said about Abraham. So when you mess up, I got good news for you. That doesn't change what God has already provided for you. Whatever God said that he was going to do, God is not going to change his mind. If God says that you're blessed, you're blessed. If God said you're going to prosper, you're still going to prosper. But what's stopping you from getting what you already have is that sin conscience on the inside of you telling you you don't deserve it. So you're blocking the blessings of God. God said, I'm not going to hold what I have given to you. Because that's my promise. That is my word. The reason why it's not getting to you because you got all these blockers in your life that you're not willing to let go of. See, we don't have to keep preaching on sin. We have to tell people that sin has been done away with. Sin is not going to stop you from getting into heaven. Rejecting Jesus is what's stopping you from getting into heaven. So quit telling people you got to do this to be accepted by God. The only thing I have to do is accept what Jesus have already done. And I'm acceptable no matter how many times I mess up. That don't change my acceptance. Because I have already been accepted in the beloved. I have been adopted by him. I'm a child of the king. You are sons. I'm a daughter. So you don't have to look at what you did. You have to look to him. And if you look to him, you'll quit doing what you're doing. 
Because he's already made the way for you. This is why we got to go into the word of God, know what the word of God is saying, and it's not hard to live by the word of God. Why? Because it's God's word. It is his life. The more you connect with him, the less you're going to connect with the world. You're not going to want what the world has no more. The more you get into the book of life, that stuff that you used to want, you don't want it. And then with the nature in you, you're saying, I don't want to do this no more. But the word of God is helping you not to be tempted by what you don't want to do no more. So if you're not getting into this word, guess what? You're going to be easy prey. Anyone that's in a place that's getting taught truth, but you're not going back in the truth, you're going to come out of that truth. You're easy prey because you're not connecting with the life giver, which is God. That's why Jesus said, man does not live by bread alone, but live by what? Every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. You have to take the word of God as spiritual food and you have to go into it on a daily basis. Not only when you feel like it, you have to go in and say, God, this is what I need. And I'm not going into it to prove nothing to nobody. I'm going into the word of God because I'm feeding my spirit. This is what I need for today. But you got to know that that old nature that was in you that compelled you to sin is dead. Now, do we have sins in our lives? Just because the old nature is gone, do we have? Yes. We're in a world full of sin. It's on the television. It's on the radio. Whatever we put before our eyes, this is what we're going to lust after. This is what we're going to desire. Anything that you're not hearing, anything that you're not seeing or touching, it don't bother you like it'll bother somebody else. See, your soul still have a longing for some of these things because you haven't emptied yourself out from them. Because when you were in the world, you were trained to sin. You serve the God of this world. When you was growing up in a family, your family may have taught you different things that was outside the word of God. Guess what? Those things grew up in you. And you thought it was right, right? You thought this was your way of living. Mom and daddy lived this way. This is how we always live. But once you get hold to truth, people looking at you cross-eyed. Because you're not living the way they live no more. You don't want to live that way no more. You want to come out from amongst that stuff. You closing yourself off. You saying, no, this is what the word says. I'd rather serve God than to serve man. So you turning away from family. Guess what? We're in the end times, y'all, because guess what? Families are forsaking one another. Why? Because you don't even have peace with family no more. Because you believe in God and they're believing Beelzebub. So guess what? You can't come together. And then people getting upset because family don't like you no more. They don't supposed to like you. Because you in the kingdom of God. You can't do nothing to make them like you until y'all come into fellowship together. And if you're not coming into fellowship together, there have to be a separation. Do you know daddies don't know sons no more. Sons don't know daddies. Mothers don't know um, daughters. Daughters don't know mothers. Sisters and brothers quarreling and fighting. Why? Because of the different beliefs. Because when somebody else in the family gets saved and serve Jesus, the other person is going to turn away from them because they're living the life God want them to live. They'll say, I don't know you no more. 
You don't act like my sister. You don't hang out with me no more. And that's when you minister the word of life to them. That's when you tell them about the change that have happened in your life. But if you're not renewing your mind, you're going to try to uh, please sister. You're going to try to please brother. You're going to try to do what they do so they can love you. When you know the love of God, you can love them with his love. Everything that you need is in your spirit. Let me tell you something. I can't love you with my type of love. I have to draw off the love of the father. How do I draw off the love of the father? Through what's in my spirit. Through what's in the word of God. So if I'm finding out, let's say I got a problem with apostle. And I know there's a problem. The Holy Spirit going to check me. He's going to say every time you come around her, this same thing arise. This is something that you got to deal with through the word. This is the only way to be dealt with. So when I start digging into the word of God, first of all, I have to say, Father, I can't love apostle. Not the way you want me to love her. I need some help, Father, to give her your love. And the only way she can get your love is through the spirit, not through me. Because every day I try to love her, she may say something and I hate her again. She may do something and I hate her again. But God, because of the love that you have given me, this agape love that comes from you, that shed abroad in my heart through the Holy Ghost. God, I want to love her with that love so I can be forgiven when she ain't forgiven. When I can be loving when she ain't loving. When she don't want to say nothing to me, I can still love her. I don't have those feelings no more. And it's not like that. That's how you love. God has given you everything in your spirit to do what you don't want to do. God said we're supposed to love one another. The only way we can love one another is with his love. God, I found out I got your kind of love. I have the unconditional love that will love outside of how I feel, outside of what people done, outside of how my husband, my wife treat me, my children treat me, outside of how my boss treat me. You said, bless them, Lord. Even though they curse you, bless those who curse you, love those who hate you, pray for those. That's why you have to be in the word of life so you can do it. But you have to admit, I can't do this, Lord. I need your love to come from me to them. You got to be a willing participant to say, God, I need your help. I can't do this by myself. The Bible said the Holy Spirit is your helper. Do you know what a helper do? A helper walk alongside of you to help you. He's not going to do it by himself. You need his help. To help you to love. You need his help when you know that Jesus has delivered us from all these sins. When you still got this stuff popping up in you. It ain't in your spirit y'all. It's in that soulless part of you. Where that sin nature left behind some desires. It left behind some things that just wasn't right. And how are you going to get through these things? By saying father you know where I used to be. But this is not who I am now. Lord, I don't want to be lusting after that woman. I don't want to be lusting after that man. Because God, that's not about you. That's about where I was. And that's not where I am now in you. So I need help, God, to get through this. And the help comes from the word of God. 
The more I get into the word of God, the more that flesh die. The more I'm going to want more of him and less of that lusting for a man or for a woman. You can't do it without the word, y'all. The word is your lifeline, but you got to be honest with yourself. And when the devil say you lusted, just say, yeah, I'm lusting, but that's not who I am. Some of you be lying. I ain't lusting. I ain't looking at nobody in both eyes. (laughs) Trying to get a look every which way you can. You got to be truthful and just say, Lord, that's not who I am. You already forgiven me for that. I don't have to stay in that place because Jesus took my place. There was a great exchange, y'all. He gave me his righteousness and he took my sin. That was the greatest exchange. So I can stand before God, not based on my failures, but based on Jesus. He was the perfect sacrifice. So when I stand before my father, I don't stand before him and say, Father God, forgive me. For everything that I have done. And Father God, if you just forgive me, Jesus, I won't do it no more. And Father God, since I have come before you and asked for forgiveness, now release that to me right now. Don't pray like that no more. Because he don't see you. He said he don't remember your sins no more. Your sins have been put in the sea of forgetfulness. So Father God is saying, who are you? Because I only see my son. See, the son sat down on the right side of the father. Why did he sit down? Because it was finished. The priest had to stand, y'all. They had to sprinkle the blood all over everything, and it only covered. It didn't do away with sin. But when Jesus stepped in on the picture and he died for on our behalf, he died once and for all for sin. That means that when I go before the father, he ain't looking at me. He's looking at Jesus. He's saying, yes, son, what do you need? He's looking at him. So I don't have to go on my behalf. Quit going to God on the behalf of you. You going to him because you know who you are now that you're in Jesus Christ. Do we repent for the soul? So the enemy won't have enrolled in our lives. We recognize, yes, I have messed up devil, as um, Sister Annie would say, but God has already forgiven me for that. So I can still stand in the presence of God. I can still have fellowship and communion and relationship with him outside of me because it's not about me. It's about Jesus. Quit letting people beat you up. Quit letting people tell you, well, you got to do this and you got to do that and God will hear you. No, 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 no. You go before him based on his son and not based on you. Because see, this is why y'all we're so heavily burdened. This is why we feel like God don't hear us. Because we feel like, well, God, I got all of this in my life and you're just not hearing me. God said, I hear you because I'm hearing you through my son. He said, whatsoever you ask the father in my name, he said, that will I do. So when you go to the father, you go into him because of what Jesus done on your behalf and you won't be denied. So don't look at, you can't have this because you done that. No, look at it this way. What I done is blocking me from getting what I already have. Because God, you already blessed me. You blessed me even before I was worth being blessed. God, you saved me even when I was still in my mess. So the only thing I have to do is accept what you have already done for me.
Y'all, to live according to the word is not hard. I'm here to tell you. Because the more you spend time with him, the more you see him and you don't see sin. Because you see him. You see God's way of doing, God's way of living, God's way of acting. So when you get in front of people, you don't have to put on a show. You just being who you are in him. Quit trying to act like you so saved. Quit trying to act like, oh Lord, let me see how I can do this, how I can say this, how I can say that. The spirit of the living God that's in you will speak through you and speak for you. And whatever you say is going to line up with who you are in him. See, this is why we so full of anger. That anger comes from somewhere. It comes from things that you have suppressed. It comes from things that you don't want to deal with. It comes from hurting your life, which leads up to bitterness that eats you up like a cancer. How do you know that you real, real angry? Because when stuff happened in your life and you begin to lash out at people for no reason, that's when you say, Holy Spirit, need some help because this should not be here because Jesus died for this. You say be angry but sin not. So father I'm seeing myself go into something I shouldn't go in. You know what's there. You need to deal with it through the word. Why would I go off on apostle and she ain't done nothing to me. There's a problem. So I need to ask the Holy Spirit what is this? What's going on in my life? That's not who I am. I'm a new creation now that I'm in Christ Jesus. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That old nature, that old way that I used to live, it's past. Behold, the new nature that's in me. I'm a new creation in Christ. So Father, help me to live that out with the help of the Holy Spirit. Everybody in this room know the issues you have. It's just dealing with those issues. And I said this one day to somebody. Somebody was telling me about a person and how this person was. I just listened. And this is what I said. I said, you know what? That person cannot tell that. I'm just going to spell it out. This person was on drugs or they said they felt like they were on drugs. And they were talking about this person. And I said, hold up. Wait a minute. I said, that person is doing drugs, and this person is over here sleeping with everybody, what make them any different from that person? Quit grading uh, sin, low sin, high sin. If a person is fornicating, they way up here. If a person is lying, they beneath that. If there's a homosexual, they way up here. But a person that is sleeping with somebody, they under that. You don't do that because God didn't look at it like that. We Christians need to quit. You act like you ain't never done nothing. God wiped away. He done away with every sin that you will ever commit. He done that. And you accepted that through Jesus Christ. Now that you're in him, what make you look at somebody any differently than God did? We're supposed to love them with the love of God and we're supposed to tell them what grace have done. We don't supposed to beat them up with that sin. They already know they're doing these things. They already know they're fornicating. They already know they're murdering. They already know that they're stealing. What's new? They already know. But we tell them what grace have done for them so they can choose. But we don't do that. Even save folk. 
We get saved. We Christians, we're supposed to be walking together. When somebody falls short, oh, they're going to bust hell wide open. No. They still can stand in the presence of God. This is why when you have art with your brother, you go to your brother and you tell them what grace has done. You don't beat them up on what they're doing. That's bringing condemnation. You make them grace conscious, not sin conscious. We see people doing wrong and we talk about that person. But what are you doing? What do you have not done? Why are you looking at them and not looking at you? We can't do that, y'all. We have to love one another. And this is why it takes the word of God. Love conquers all. Love covers a multitude. Did y'all hear what I say? Love covers a multitude of sin. So when we forgive a person, we don't keep throwing that up in their face. Because when God forgave us, he didn't remember it no more. So if we're going to forgive our husband and wife for what they done to us. Hello, somebody. If we know that they done us wrong and we know surely that they done us wrong, you got two options. If it's dealing with fornication or adultery, you got two options. You can either stay with that man or woman with God's help or you can divorce them. Okay? Either way, you still got to forgive them if you're not staying with them. If you divorce them, you still can't hate them. Help me, somebody. He who will not sin, let him cast the first stone. While we hitting somebody else upside the head, we need to hit our own self upside the head and say, Lord, I lied today. What make me any different from them? God, you had mercy on me just like you had mercy on them. But I'm choosing this mercy. So we need to cut it out, y'all. The church is turning people away. Because the world is loving them better than the church is loving them. The world accept them in their mess. But you know what we do? You can't be acceptable to the church because of your mess. That's when we reach out and we love them while they're in their mess. We don't wait till they get right. We tell them that God has already made a way for them to be right. And we accept them with the love of God. The church is turning away people, but the world is accepting them. And that's what Satan wants. We try to hate people. That's what's wrong with politics today. I'm going to tell you what's wrong with politics. I'm going to talk about Democrats and Republicans. Talk about them both. People got attitudes. The reason why they got attitudes, Democrats love abortion. Republicans don't love abortion, right? Check this out, y'all. You shouldn't be Democrat nor Republican. You should be for the kingdom. Because even a Republican might not like abortion, but they're stealing. They're doing stuff they shouldn't. Democrat might want abortion, but they might be doing something differently from the Republicans. Nobody is right but Jesus. We spoke the love regardless of who you are. No matter who you put in the seat as president. They're going to mess up white, black, blue, purple. Because they cannot live by the law of God. That's why we pray for those that are in authority. That we may live a quiet and peaceful life. You got people putting on Facebook what the Democrats said. Why are you doing that? Pray for them Democrats. How can they change about abortion if you ain't interceding about abortion? We're the church. Get 
But Daniel didn't give up. Who did the king call in? Daniel. What did the king see through Daniel? Change. What did the king do when he didn't want to listen? He had to humble himself, turn into a four-footed beast. But what happened? After those seven years, guess what happened? He come back and realized that God was God. When Daniel went in the lion's den, he went in there having faith in God. Not faith in Daniel. He went in there and went to sleep. The very same king, another king, what did he do? He prayed for Daniel. Why? Because Daniel's prayers were already heard before Daniel went in the lion den. We need to quit this mess in the church. Fussing and fighting. Who's right? Who's wrong? What did the word say? Tell me what the word says. God loved everybody the same. He had no respectable person. We listen to too much news. We listen to too many people tell us what should be. But if it's outside of the word of God, you shouldn't listen to it. You should counteract it with the word of God. That's how you live according to the word of God. When they were in Egypt and they were getting destroyed in Egypt, God had them in Goshen and he protected his people. It didn't matter what the Egyptians done. You'll protect it. God give all us a choice. Quit getting mad at one another because of who's in the seat of a president. You got the high authority with God. If you use the authority that he has given you. We're fighting one another. Bringing it in the church. Getting mad. Getting bitter. If you praise God like you praise your president, something would happen in the house of God. We spend too much time warring with one another. And the reason why we're doing that, and I'm going to tell you why, we don't know who we are. You don't know the power you have. You have the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, living on the inside of you. Why did God give you that kind of power? Because he knew you needed it here on earth. He knew you needed that power to let people know that God is still God. That God need to be glorified. No matter what situation we get into, we need to recognize who we are in the midst of that situation. Everybody in this Bible, y'all, when you read the word of God... And I was studying up dealing with Paul and Paul dealing with the sin nature. And he's telling them that you already forgiven. When you stand before God, you don't have to stand before him feeling unworthy. You're worthy because of Jesus. See, the problem is we don't want to move self out the way. We love ourselves so much that we don't want to get out the way. But when we get out the way, the power of God can flow through us. When we let go of us, when we realize, I can't do this. That's why the Bible says you can do all things through Christ which strengthen you. So when you need that strength, you call on it from heaven. Lord, right now I'm weak within myself. But God, you have given me power. 
God, you have given me dominion. You have given me might. So I'm calling on that right now. And all of a sudden you feel it coming to your body. Because God, I can't carry this out. But God, with your help, I can. So I need, see, I'm, I'm leaving me out of it. Leave you out of it. You can't do it. But we know a God who can. So when things are difficult in your life, say, Lord, I don't want to go through this. But I know with your help, I can. See, we got the help of the Father. God said, I cannot leave you down here with no help. You won't make it. You will literally lose your mind. People are losing their mind. They're losing their identity because they're trying to fix something that God has already fixed. Man can't fix your mind. He can't fix your body. He just put it together like they did Humpty Humpty Dumpty. But the last time Humpty Dumpty fell, they couldn't put him together again. God done done everything for us, y'all. I can't save my children. The only thing I can do is say, God, you promised me that if you save me, you'll save my whole household. If I turn to you, my whole. So, God, I thank you that my whole house is saved. But, God, you gave me the authority, God. You told me in your word, God, that Satan have blinded the minds of my children. The minds of the unbelievers, God. He don't want them to receive this glorious gospel. So God, I bind the works of darkness. I bind the hands of the enemy where he's coming against our children to keep them from believing this glorious gospel. That's what we do. We don't fast to get nobody saved. Jesus already saved them. They just rejecting what Jesus done. The reason why you fasting is probably to keep yourself calm from killing them kids. I'm telling you, you don't have to fast to get nothing from God. You fast to get your flesh under subjection so you can receive from God. We out of order, church. Fast all you want. Speak in tongues all you want. You speak in tongues to build yourself up in your most holy faith to keep the love of God. You don't speak in tongues to try to be a super person. (laughs) We doing stuff out of order, church. This is why we tired. Some of us say, I'm tired of praying. I'm tired of fasting. I'm tired of living. For, have you ever heard somebody say, I'm tired of living for God? You ain't never lived for God. You wouldn't be tired if you were living for God. Because God is there to help you. The problem is, we don't want to let go of what we picked up. Because we got so used to doing what we do. Do y'all know we pick up people and we carry them? And this is what I see. I see a person that's bent over. And they got a person on their back. And they're so low and bent over that they're walking and carrying that person. And it's dead weight. Because you have always carried them. And you figure that if you don't carry them, nobody else will. God said you need to let go of that person. And you need to know that I have already made a way for that person. Tell them the way I have already made. You ain't the way. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Come on, get these people off your back. And tell them, you got to tell them what he's done. He saved you. He's he's already done it. He just wants you to accept what he's done. 
this even before the foundations of this world. You look at them and say, God has already accepted you in the beloved. God has already adopted you. God has already chosen you. God has already forgiven you. How has he done this? Through his son. Jesus took on all of the sin. Because the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. And the only way that you can get forgiven for past, present, and future sins is through Jesus. Not through anything that you have done. You may try to do it, but it won't work. You'll still go back and do the same thing. Come on, born again people, forgive me God, and you go back and do the same thing. Know that you're already forgiven. Know that Jesus have already taken that. Then you won't keep repeating that same pattern. God, you have already did this for me. So why do I keep doing what I'm doing? Because you choose to do it. Y'all, when you raised in a house, when they say, don't you do that. Because if you do that, this is what's going to happen. You know, we have some stubborn kids. They do it because they know they can. Don't you do that. I'm going to beat you. Beat me. Beat me. And you beat them. And you beat them. And you beat them. And you still can't beat it out of them. You're beating it in them. And they get worse. (laughs) But one thing about God. The Bible says he chastised those whom he loved. How do he chastise us? Through the word. He tells us what the word says. And the more we renew our mind according to what the word says. Y'all, it is true. You don't do it. You don't like it. It's not acceptable. You, can, you hate sin just like God. That nature in you hates sin. If you got God's nature in you, you hate sin. You don't want to be around it. It does something to you. But the love of God that's in you will begin to talk to the one that's in the act. You ain't going to leave a person in the act and turn away from them. The woman that committed adultery, they brought her to Jesus. They said, we're going to stone this woman. That's what the law says. Jesus said, he who have not sinned, let him cast the first stone. They left, they dropped the stone. Did he ask the lady, where are your accusers? She said, they're not here. He said, neither do I accuse you. Neither do I condemn you. He's not condemning us, y'all. All of that went on Jesus. And he sat down with the father. He didn't have to sit up there and still offer these sacrifices. God didn't want no more of those sacrifices. He said, this, these sacrifices ain't working. He said, I'm just giving you a what's yet to come. He said, now you can come before my presence because of Jesus. You can walk right in and say, Abba, Father God. Why? Because of Jesus. Y'all listen, it's because of him you live, you move and have your being. When you mess up, go back to what he's done. Don't look at the sin, look at what he done. And guess what? You won't keep doing what you're doing. But see, the reason why we're so overly burdened is because we're carrying something we shouldn't be carrying. Anytime you get so weighed down, let me tell you what the word says. Hebrews. Hebrews, y'all get that? Hebrews. Hebrews 12, listen at this. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight 
and the sin which do so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. What did it say? Lay it aside. Lay it aside because it's what? It's a weight. Anytime you have a weight and you have a burden on you, you better check that thing. Because guess what Jesus said in Matthew? I like Matthew, the 11th chapter. He said this in verse 29, 28. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You got to come unto him. You can't free yourself. Then he said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. That's the key. For I'm meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus said, come unto me. Jesus said, you can't carry this. You can't save yourself. You can't do it. Come unto me. Learn of me. Give it to him. Things that's weighing you down. You said, you said, Jesus, I'm dependent on you. I can't do this myself. And when you do that, y'all, things begin to shift. They begin to change. God is waiting on us. We shouldn't be waiting on him. Everything you need on the inside of you to do what need to be done is in you. The fruit of the spirit is in you. Love is in you. Peace is in you. Joy is in you. Long suffering. Meekness is in you. Kindness is in you. Faithfulness is in you. Gentleness is in you. All the fruit of the spirit is in you to live the life God wants you to live. Why did he give those fruit to you? He said, because they represent me. They're my attributes. They're my character. So when you are living your life in love and peace and joy, they know who you are. They know who you represent. The love of God is coming out of you. God said, I want my fruit to come out of you so people know that you are my son, that you are my daughter, that you're living the kingdom way and not the world way. Y'all, I'm telling you, this is the only way we can live. You got to say, Lord, I need some of them fruit. Let that fruit come out of me today because God, I'm getting attitude. He already know you're getting attitude. I need your help, the Holy Spirit. I need some long suffering with this person. God, I need it right now. I'm I'm serious. God, you got to help me because if you don't help me, I'm going to help them. See, he already forgave you even for that remark that was there. But you're truly calling on him. Y'all, we have to depend on him. And everything we do, he said, get over you. Depend on me. I'm here to help you get over whatever you're going through. You don't have to go through this by yourself. Don't let people put you down. Don't let people think that they know more than you. They may know more than you, but they shouldn't be putting you down and making you think that you're the least. Because you've been accepted. You've been adopted. So be who you are in him. Listen, be who you are in him. Leave you out of it. Guess what? You couldn't save yourself. Leave you out of it. Let the word be your light. Let the word be your illumination through the Holy Spirit. And everything you need, the word will bring it to light, y'all. The more you study to show, this is what the word say, study to show yourself approved. It didn't say nobody else. I don't study to make myself look good in front of you. I study to show myself approved of who I am in him. So when you get into the word, you say, God, I want to look in this mirror and I want to know who I am in you because I got to go out and face the world today and I don't know what's going to come at me because my reaction will be my last reaction. We represent him. We want to love the way he loved. We want to have the peace the way he have the peace, even in the midst of the storm. We don't want to be angry and say we got peace. I'm believing God, but you're nasty. 
God ain't nasty. So please get into this word. Get into the word and know that you are dead to sin. Sin is not the problem, y'all. It's understanding who we are now that we're in Christ and being more grace conscious than sin conscious. Let's let go of these things that's holding us in our minds, that's keeping us captive. Because whom the sun sets free, y'all, we're free. Free from what? Sin. Sin no longer have dominion over you. Why are you giving it a right? Whom you yield your members to, that's whom you're going to obey. Whom are you yielding your members to? We need to yield our members to righteousness. Because we are in right standing with God. And y'all, the more we study on righteousness and the more we study on who we are, and that's what we're going to do, Miracle Temple. Study on who we are, not who um, we choose to be, but I am the righteousness of God. I can go before my father. And some people may not say this, but I'm going to tell you this. If you curse somebody out today, that don't stop you from going before God because you cursed them out, not Jesus. But am I telling you to curse somebody out? No, because you shouldn't do that. But if you do, don't let condemnation stop you from being who you are in him. That's what I'm saying. Get over that part of it. Some people hold you there and say, wash your mouth out with soap and keep washing it out with soap. You, God can't use you that way. God can use you that way. He can. He'll use you in your mess. But guess what? You still have that sin conscience. Feeling like you're not worthy. You won't be used to the fullest. But God will still use you to help somebody, even in your mess, if you allow him. Because God ain't looking at you. Some of y'all looking at me crazy, but it's the truth. Because sin is done away with. But who want to live in sin if it's done away with? Who wants sin as their master? I don't, and I know you don't. So God is saying, let go of the things you're holding on to. Because God ain't looking at that. He's looking at his son. Be grace conscious. Don't be no more sin conscious. Quit trying to do it yourself and just cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. So whomever you're carrying on your back, maybe it's one person, maybe it's two people, maybe it's your bills, maybe it's your health. Roll them over to Jesus and say, you already made a way. Everything that I do, y'all, my mess ups is not going to stop God from giving me what he's already provided. It's in the word. Those people were not even saved. Jesus still healed them. He still delivered them. He still set them free. He said, because grace is coming on the scene and ain't about what you done or how you done it. Even though if you choose not to accept, God is showing you who he is. He was bringing grace and mercy on the scene. So can we be forgiven? Can we forgive others just as God has forgiven us? Y'all, it's time to forgive. Because if he has forgiven you, you should be able to forgive others. Because if you know you're in him, God is not about unforgiveness. So it's time to let go, to live this life according to the word of God. According to who we are in Christ. Get to know who you are now that you're in Christ. You are a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have been made new. Let God be who he need to be in you. Amen? Amen. And, um... Forgive me, Calvin's sister. Can you come up here, please? The Holy Spirit going to help me with names. Because I'll give you a new name. 